gabagool gram and something with fat and nitrates. Hey, hey, <laughs> Gabriel, it says we're down here for the gabagool. The gabagool. Let's say it. Gabagool. The gabagool. We had sandwiches brought in the other night. Four with ham, salami, gabagool. Taking the gabagool and shit out of the fridge. Gabagool. Over here. All this from a slice of gabagool. Let's get back to that gabagool. Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only and best leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. My two co-hosts are Ben and Rachel, and they've never seen The Sopranos before. Uh, every week about or so, we watch an episode and we talk to you about it uh, from our perspective as leftists, and we try to have a lot of fun with it along the way. Uh, how are you guys doing? Fucking awesome. Yay. Yeah. I'm so good. Dude, I, I'm so happy that it's summertime and I'm shit and my titties is fat. Uh-oh. Summer, summer, summertime. Good. Well, I'm glad that, that you all are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about season two, episode four of The Sopranos, which is called Commendatori. Commendatori. What are oh, initial... I could say this name thoughts? forever. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Rachel. Let's let's have a go. Commendatore. Commendatore. Dude, this I don't. Well, I want to hear Ben's impressions because we already got listeners. We got a little sneak peek in the group chat. Ben, <laughs> not Commendatore. <a> fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. You know, it was one of those episodes that was like quintessentially late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it was just like you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go on vacation. We're going to Italy, baby, and let's have a boring story. So, ah, okay. Well, Ben, you have think- such high standards for excitement. I'm sorry. But- season one was so good, and now it's like okay. Uh, come on. Okay, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This was the best episode of, of season so far. But you didn't like it. Okay. You have to talk because we can see you, but your like half-hearted shrugs don't come through to the yeah. podcast listener. Yeah. yeah, this is a shoulder shrug of an episode, but I'm, I'm excited there to talk about go. it. There's a lot to talk about, and that's cool. Right on. Uh, so let's, uh, Rachel, what were your first impressions of Commendatory? Commendatory. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun up. I agree with you, Rachel. I thought it was fun as well. I think Ben is a party pooper. I big agree. Look, I'm just trying to get to the volcano here. Ben is the Tony. You will never. To- <laughs> ben is the Tony to our Chris and Polly. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> yep. yep. Which. It- he can't work with a woman boss. I'm the fucking boss. No, he's got big problems with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the episode. Um, <laughs> I'm I, be canceled. <laughs> so, like, we open on the guys. They're watching a Godfather or Godfather Two bootleg. I couldn't remember which one is the one where Michael goes back to Italy. That's Godfather Two, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They've got the cutest little makeshift theater set up in the bar room. Yeah, uh, and they're they're watching the bootleg. Uh, Tony is tired of talking about what the, what his favorite part in The Godfather Two is, but it's when uh, it's when Michael goes back to Sicily, and Tony's excited because we find out he's about to go over there. Uh, but he's not going to Sicily; he's going to Naples. 
Again, a weird choice that The Sopranos made. We talked about this a few episodes ago. Tony is not Sicilian. He's Napolitan. He's from Avellino, which is in... Uh, which is in the continental Italy, um, not the separate island of Sicily where most of the uh, Nostra is from. Yeah, <laughs> contiguous. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do y'all have those weird ass tours of Italy? You know what I'm talking about? Like they broadcast advertisements for like this family that does tours of Italy. Like, come on, we're going to do an authentic tour of Italy. No. No, what the fuck are you talking about? That must be like a uniquely Washington D.C. Like it's like Pirelli tours or something. That sounds like a front. That's definitely oh. a money laundering scheme. Yeah. Okay. Ben, so, uh, you, you you gotta you gotta ask for a refund on those tickets. Oh yeah, good point. They just blindfolded you and put you in the back of a van for like six hours and drove around in circles and then took you to the Olive Garden. <laughs> Yes, where I had... They're like, when you're here, you're a family. (laughs) We get together, we mind ya. (laughs) I had my my Oreo cookie Alfredo. (laughs) That was Mm. good. (laughs) The taste of Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Before we can get to Italy, we have some crime going on in New Jersey. Uh, the, The episode kind of has a weird double opening, where first we open on the guys watching The Godfather... And then we see carjackers. It's mm-hmm. almost like they couldn't decide which opening they liked better, so they yeah. put both of them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, carjackers hijack this Mercedes as white families driving. Um, they uh, fuck the carjackers because they let the dog Churchill just out onto the street and the dog runs away. Uh, but also fuck this dad who drops a hard R. This was the dumbest fucking thing, and I think it was just an excuse for David Chase to drop an N-word in the scene because, like, the whole point was, you know, to show, like, this New Jersey dude's, uh, you know, racism and assumption that it's black people who are stealing his car when it's really some white guy stealing it. And the dumbest fucking cut I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he drops the end bomb, and then he's like, "Well, who else could it be?" And yeah. it's Tony. I'm like, "Come on." Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's very, it's certainly very heavy-handed. Um, so then we get a bunch of stuff. Uh, Tony meeting with Uncle June, which doesn't, you don't really get anything there. I don't think other than Uncle June's never been to Italy. Um, and then uh, we see a lot of everyone else uh, around Tony is talking about it. Meadow wants to go. Um, and is uh, so such a master manipulator, taking after her grandmother here, needling at Carm, uh, being like, uh, that, wouldn't it be great to go and you and mom could go and blah, 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 blah. And Carm is clearly seething. Yeah. Just that she doesn't get to go. To be um, fair, I would also pull this. I would pull that <laughs> shit for Oh, absolutely. Sure. I believe that. Dad, I'm going to go to Italy. And Tony uh, is so fucking stupid, like, here. It's like, just, like, just buy the ticket. Leave her in the hotel. Let her do whatever, you know? Like, take her. Like, what the fuck is wrong with... Take like, Carmella or take Meadow? Carmella. You fucking... Well, oh my God. I wonder if they're not saving, like, the big family Italian Italy trip 
for another season. I would love to, because I would love to see like AJ in Italy. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> like, what I mean, is that motherfucker getting up to? I mean, I think we saw. You know, this is probably getting ahead of ourselves, but the best analog would be uh, Paulie in Italy. Oh, like, <laughs> so good! Paulie in Italy is great. We'll get there. Um, okay. So let's let's go through the Tony Italy storyline first here, uh, and then we'll circle back here. Uh, so after that, then they are basically in Italy. Um, Chris's big two big goals for the trip are to visit the topless beaches and go see that that fucking crater, uh, which he's talking about Mount Vesuvius. The episode makes clear later, which is in Napoli. Um, and we meet, he does neither. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Chris barely leaves the hotel room, which is very sad. Yeah, he's strung the fuck out. He is shooting up junk the whole fucking time. Um, So, yeah, because next we meet Furio, who is their contact in Italy. Furio is a a real Italian mobster who speaks English. Um, And Chris meets Furio's guy who has track marks all up and down his arm. And Chris sort of... Tano. What? Tano. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Tano. 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 Commendatori. Commendatori. Mm-hmm. Commendatori. And this is where the guy at the hotel calls Polly Commendatori, which he really yes. likes. He loves uh, it. Yeah, name of the episode as well. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we see Polly loves to call people Commendatori. Commendatori. Um, so then after the after this. They go to dinner, um, and uh, Tony finally gets to meet the Don, who is a decrepit old man in a wheelchair. Uh, just keeps telling Tony the names of streets in, uh, I think, New York, right? He talks George about George Washington Bridge. Washington Bridge. Major D. Gan <laughs> Expressway. Major Deegan Expressway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, and to, uh, to Zivatori, Zivatorio, my favorite character in this episode. It's very good. He, uh, did either of you watch Breaking Bad? No. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of it Hector Salamanca, mm-hmm. the Salamanca that's in the wheelchair. Okay, yeah. All with right. the bell. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get sort of those vibes from it. Anyway, Chris misses the dinner because we cut away and we see him shooting H with uh, mm-hmm. Tano mm-hmm. Uh, in the hotel room. Yeah, he's supposed um, to bring that really sweet golf club. Right. Tony's brought a golf club for the Don. Uh, and Tony's sort of a little, uh, before the Don shows up, Tony's a little agitated because they sent uh, an under an underling to meet with him and not, mm-hmm. not the Don himself. Nino. Um, yeah, um, who had just gotten out of prison, Furio informs us. And so, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, during this dinner, uh, we get some great Polly moments. Uh, Polly doesn't like the authentic Italian food and more specifically the clams that he served. And he asks for macaron with the gravy. Yeah, fucking embarrassing. Yeah. God, so fucking embarrassing. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what he's talking about. And then the two of the mobsters help him translate to the waiter. Gravy, uh, gravy. Gravy, tomato sauce. Uh, And then they complain that uh, he's even worse than the Germans. 
uh, mm-hmm. in terms of his rudeness. Um, any other big things during the dinner scene before we get the exit from the dinner scene? Yeah, none of them speak Italian, and everybody else, at least, you know, no, nobody tries to speak Italian. But Tony right? does a little bit. He has a few phrases here and there. Like Polly does too. Polly's got a little bit. He's got commendatori. Commendatori. He yeah, says a phrases. couple things here and there. Mostly DJ is most of what he says. Yeah. Right, but what I'm talking about is like the guys who are shit talking Polly. They're at least able to communicate to the waiter, like, oh, you know, he wants something else. Right. You know? And then he's able to communicate with, with Polly, whereas, like, like neither Polly nor Tony uh, have thought in the past, you know, 20 years that maybe they should bone up on their Italian, mm-hmm. at least marginally conversant to. Yeah. I mean, I, shout out to Polly for at least asking where the bathroom is. But like, that is rudimentary. Yeah. Oh, that is another great Polly scene. He goes to the bathroom, and it's two toilets with no toilets. I mean, it's a standard, like, European bathroom yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, toilet That's with Europe no toilet Boya. seats on it. Uh, yeah, and he's, like, disgusted by it. <laughs> yeah, um, he won't take a shit, even though you know, he's going <laughs> to take a shit after you right. know that octopus. <laughs> so then they, um, they walk yeah, they- out. Yeah, what the fuck is this? They're out, like, watching, you know, like, having a nice conversation with Annalisa, whose husband, uh, what's his name, Mauro? Mauro? Yeah, something like that. He's in jail. Yeah, for life. And so uh, Annalisa is now, um, you know, has taken over this family, and she's running the family now. The crew. Uh, The Don is in charge of the family. She's in charge of, she's a boss like Tony used to be. So she's in charge of her crew. Yeah, like a capo. Okay, so, so Annalisa and Tony are you know making arrangements to meet up later and and hang out and uh, and suddenly some sort of like firework display breaks out and, and everybody in the crew just whips this boy's ass. Yeah, yeah, and it's this is perplexing because like what what's what? So what f- happens? So what happens is the kid sets off fireworks and they all jump. Uh, so Furio specifically jumps on the Don and knocks him out of his wheelchair and onto the ground, and, like puts his body over the Don. Um, and the scene makes sure to show us Tony seeing Furio do this mm-hmm. um, and seeing like Furio's allegiance to the boss. Uh, who's like this old decrepit man who's about to die anyway. And Furio is by all accounts, this young, you know, sort of hotshot mobster who's putting his own life after the life of this old yeah. man who's about to die anyway. Um, but yeah, so then, the, so they, the, the Italian mob thinks that this is like an assassination attempt or something. So they all beat the shit. And Furio included beats the shit out of this kid and his mom who gets fucking socked in the face, mm-hmm. like closed fist, just punched in the face. Um, and they tell him that this is, um, this is the University of Naples, yeah. and the kid is screaming like, "I, w- I want to be with you guys. I want to help you guys." Uh, and they're like, "This is how you thought you were going to do it," and then they slap the shit out of him. It's the school of hard knocks. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Polly has to take a shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. The- Polly's Polly is fucking on another level in this episode. He said something about the. Don, I guess, to Tony that blew, like, gave me brain poisoning. And it was, 
if you give this guy a golf club, he'd probably try to fuck it. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Why would you think that about this old man? Because he's his. Because all he's saying is like streets and stuff. So I think that's a joke of like he's addled. I know, but what a weird way to say it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so then Tony calls Carm from the uh, from the hotel. He doesn't well, have bef- shit. Before that, real quick, I do want to touch on that. There's a, just a. It's a weird insert, a brief insert shot of Tony having a dream of yes. fucking Annalisa in full like. Roman centurion gladiator gear, yeah. And it's so brief. Is that how he's asleep? Does he dream that? Yes. Well, then before that is when he talks to Carm. Yeah. Right. Probably. Does he call her before he goes to bed? He does. I don't remember. Okay, sorry. And like, so like he has a really like I I can relate to this conversation. I've had this conversation many times in my past, but just like the. I'm out some like I'm out at this really badass place and having this, you know, extremely obligatory check-in phone call. And I <laughs> and it's like I I don't want to talk to you, but I have to. And and Carm understands like why are we on the phone? Like <laughs> But like have y'all ever had that like extremely obligatory conversation before? No comment. I have, but only with my parents because nobody, nobody other than my parents would ever try to contain uh, me. Mm-hmm. You just not go get a damn call or text. <laughs> so basically, Tony, if I may, yes, the rest of the Tony storyline in Italy is pretty much him making a deal with what's her name, Annalisa. Annalisa, yeah. and by the way, and- Annalisa is hot as hell. She's very hot. She's got some like, total smoke show. Oh man, when she's swinging that golf club, I just wanted her to like fucking <laughs> turn around and hit me in the head. Uh, just kidding. Um, total no total smoke show. Also, uh, Furio, I think is very good looking fellow. He's, he's kind right. of a babe. All right, he, fuck he, you. Yeah, he's that classic, you know, Italian, you know, like handsome man, you know, chiseled face, you know, and like long, long clothes hair. hair. Oh yeah! Shout out to Furio, um, but yeah, I mean, there's you know, a, the thing you know, the rest of the Tony storyline. You're right; is basically let's make a deal. But it's also Tony, like, failing to understand, uh, you know, failing to comprehend that yes, you know, maybe a woman can run a crew, and, and yes, a maybe woman boss, a fucking woman boss. Oh, that was the worst. Like, fuck yeah. off, Tony. And she fucking put him in his place. Although, here's what I don't like about this. Can I give you my sexual analysis of this episode? Please. Sure. Mm-hmm. Rachel's okay. cake corner. Nah, 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 come on! Tony, like, I think the gladiator scene, all of that, is very much about power, right? Like, he wants to dominate this woman, as he does with most women in his life. And because she's not related to him, probably sexually. But then when she, I mean, and he's ogling her the whole episode and all of this stuff, but when he finds out she's the boss and then she kind of approaches him and propositions him, I think that he is, it's not like some honorable thing he's doing by saying, no, I'm not going to have sex with you. I think that he is dominating her by not having sex with her. Like, he Mm. wants to have power. Like, he's power hungry. And so, if 
if he gets that power without <laughs> like, you know, it's not, I don't know. It just was very interesting to me, the choice for them not to fuck, but then also like the way that he was so incredulous that there was a woman boss in Italy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and along those lines, like the reason he gives for not having sex with her, it's it's not because no, I'm spoken for and you've got a husband or anything like yeah. that. No, it, it's literally transactional. It's I'm I'm not having sex with my business. Which right. like, yeah, I mean, fine. I I don't know. I don't know that I would have that same code of conduct if I were in Tony's business. Um, would you fuck that hot Italian lady? Yeah, <laughs> I would. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Hey, why go out for hamburgers when you have steak at home and then in the named Carmela Soprano? Uh, I don't know. Preach. We're gonna have to get to this because Carmela, I did not like in this episode. Yeah, Ooh. I agree. Um, well, let's wrap so, up Tony's storyline. Okay, so yeah, we're the done. end of the the end of the day. All right, hold on a sec. I have some thoughts. <laughs> uh, so uh, Tony uh, tells Annalise also that she reminds him basically of Melfi. Like he doesn't say Melfi. Yeah. So they they arrive at a deal for the cars, which includes Tony getting Furio plus more players to be named later. So that's the deal that they get. And then they go back to New Jersey. Uh, and um, that's, the, that's the Tony storyline. I also... Let's go ahead and do all of our Italy storylines, I think, all yeah. right now. Chris's is easy. Chris was in, on heroin basically the whole fucking time. Uh, barely left the hotel room. Uh, Polly uh, goes on little walkabouts. Well, hold on, hold on. Co- there's, there's another point in, in, the, in the Chris storyline that's important to talk about. Uh, okay. Polly uh, reprimands Chris because, you know, he, he bailed on that dinner. He's mm-hmm. like, if you're trying to get made this is not how you do it so mm-hmm. um you know there's that whole subtext about chris becoming a made man and him taking a major setback by his fuck shit in italy but then like what was chris gonna fucking do Polly didn't do shit yeah exactly Polly just he's supposed to like around being sad <laughs> yeah but he's supposed to be at, like the meetings and stuff he's supposed to like be representing them or whatever mm-hmm. he's kind of like tony's body man or whatever but tony yeah, like, was a- alone a lot of the episode like he did a lot of stuff on his own i think maybe he wasn't supposed to be oh uh uh maybe that that chris was supposed to be there with him for that stuff um, which may have contributed to people laughing at, at tony and Polly because they were so you know thinly represented mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good theory. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, know, Polly, John, John, have you ever have you ever missed out on important business uh, uh, on trips before? No, Ben, I've never uh, overslept and missed the bus to a Cuban farm, uh, and then later in the Cayman Islands, overslept and missed another bus to Ernst and Young, the lar- one of the largest accounting firms in the world. Uh, and almost failed a pass-fail study abroad class because of it. <laughs> Dude, you nah, were fucking never killing it. That <laughs> Dude, you fucking killed it. That was awesome. Uh, we had a buddy system that didn't work because me and my buddy would uh, both uh, drink all night and then <laughs> wouldn't get up the next morning. God damn. Shout out to Peyton. Shout out to Peyton. Um... Okay, 
So, yeah. Um, yeah, I had the DTs when I got back from that trip. Legit, like, had to come off of, like, an alcohol. Uh, had, like, alcohol withdrawals. Uh, anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was a, it was definitely a, a bender. It was um, a Jordan Belfort ass. I mean, I would have done the same thing. You only live once, right? YOLO, Yolo baby. You had more um, fun than I did for sure. <clears throat> uh, and you why didn't you have fun. fun? Oh, I had fun. I had a great time. Time of my life. But Ben, were you all right? So I know me and Hunter went over to that girl's like apartment in Kia. Yeah, were, I was. Were you I was also? there translating. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember now. All what? Right. I barely. <laughs> the thing about the Cuba trip is, I have these half memories that, like, I have to have other people help me with because yeah. alcohol. I have also missed important meetings uh, from being <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, related a lot with Chris this episode, is what you're saying. I mean, no, <laughs> I wasn't shooting H up all day. Um, oh my god, that was fun. Anyway, yeah. So Polly is out, just trying to make a fucking connection with somebody. In this yeah, place. poor yeah. Polly. Yeah. And he can't for life. Polly's first trip to the motherland, and he mm-hmm. is not being taken care of. Yeah. He's sitting yeah. at an outdoor cafe, and he sees some other fellas of like a similar age to him sitting around talking to each other. And he, Commendatory. Commendatory. And mm-hmm. one guy turns and looks at him. That guy, David Chase, creator of The Sopranos. Wow. We love ah. to see it. You'll love to see it. Uh, that guy turns and looks at him and then turns back around and ignores him. Uh, later, he's walking along the waterfront and he sees another guy and does a commendatory at that guy. Commendatory. Uh, and that guy starts yelling at him about the <laughs> NATO um, yes. accident. <laughs> Which this was in in 1998. This is the Cavalese cable car disaster, mm-hmm. where a couple of U.S. Navy uh, uh, planes being flown on behalf of NATO clipped the uh, cable that supports supported like a ski lift and killed 20 people. Dude, fuck uh, NATO. You also see the words "fuck NATO." are written in graffiti on the little uh, tourist guide thing that Tony looks at. Yeah. But yeah, fuck NATO for other reasons as well. Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. our leftist content for this week. The last thing that Polly does is uh, Polly fucks what I assume, again, is a sex worker. Yeah. Um, and um, is she talking definitely to is her. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely is. That's right. And she and- is not going to give him the same bullshit that the the ones in the u.s do she does not try even pretend to be interested in his stories right and, and he's trying to talk to her about where he's where she where her people are from and he's like oh my people are from there too and she's like i don't give a fuck uh so yeah so that's the that's the storyline from that scene we see that basically the only thing polly takes away from the trip is they got good fruit here no mm-hmm. steroids um, how do you say how do you say steroids in Italian? Steroides. <laughs> Steroides. Ah, there you go. Um, so uh, they land uh, back in the United States, and Pussy's picking them up, and Polly is just going on and on and on about how you got, every Italian has got to go back to Italy. It's the most wonderful, best place. 
which is, uh, of course, uh, sort of an ironic joke because we've seen that uh, he he did not have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Polly did not have a good time. Um, Chris is uh, buying presents for Adriana and the duty-free because he literally didn't do... I mean, from that, you could take, like, he barely left the fucking hotel room. You know, we've all been there. We've all forgotten to get gifts for our, our friends... We have done that. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So then, as they're as this is how we close the episode. They're driving away from the airport, and we see instead of seeing the ruins of the ancient civilization of Italy and of Rome, we see the ruins of the industrial New Jersey, which looks uh, like shit. Which looks like shit. And okay, so also Tony is is he's yes. Tony is sort of aggravated and being short with everybody in the car. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think that was about? Cause I don't think it was super clear to me. Is it cause he, he keeps talking about what a good deal they made on the cars. So at first my thought was he got fucked Mag- on the cars. No, he said they doubled their profits. I think he's lying. He got fucked on that deal. You think so? Yeah. Cause he originally, he, he went down he like $20,000. He went down to 75 from 90. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe I mean, he's getting Furio though, and and some players to be like. I guess, later. yeah. I think what it is is he he knows that he fucked up uh, with Carm, and he knows that he's just like thirty minutes away from walking into a shitstorm, and he doesn't want to have to have to fuck with it. Interesting theory. We got to get into the Carm well. and and yeah, big pussy <clears throat> stuff. So yeah, so let's get into that. For the final scene, we need to definitely make sure yeah. that we cover that stuff. So that storyline opens with the saddest lunch in the world. Uh, Angie Bompensero, Big Pussy's wife, and uh, oh, what's her name? Rosalie Priel. Rosalie Priel, Jackie's all, widow. Yeah, they're all drinking wine from glasses that are overfilled. So I don't know who the <laughs> fuck is working at that restaurant, but that's not how you pour a fucking glass of wine. Are they the new Vesuvius? Are they at Vesuvius? They were not at Vesuvius. That's so. not Vesuvius. Um, okay. I don't know where they are. Yeah. Um, but during the during the lunch, uh, a Bocelli song comes on, and they're talking about how much they love it. Uh, and and that song plays a, a couple of times. How hot he is, and how blind he is. Um, that's a good song uh, for that kind of whatever music. Mm-hmm. Opera. I mean, is that opera? <laughs> Well, sure, that's yeah. good opera. So, um, so here's one thing that that really pissed me off when I uh, watched this. It's this. This is the first time we see Angie Bompensero, right? Pretty much, we've seen we've seen her in the background, but actually, they've recast her. So, this is the first time oh. we're seeing this actress play okay. Angie Bompensero. I thought she was great. Too. They she saw. Great. So they caught her. So the first time I remember her was at that wedding before they did their spring clean. Mm-hmm. Correct. Or whoever Angie Bompensero was. But, I mean, re- regardless of the fact, this is the first time that we get to meet this woman. And the very first thing we are introduced in, it, to, a, like, one of the first things we learn about her is, um, here they are in order. Uh, she's married to Pussy. Um, and she's not happy that Pussy came back and she might have cancer. And it's like, Come on. <laughs> like, that's that's it? 
Like that's all of we're going to Of course that's it. The writing is not, they're not, the, I mean, you've got to lower your expectations for this goddamn show, Ben. But <laughs> uh, did they learn all the dreams about Angie Bonfincero's dreams and goals and hopes? Oh what my God. Show. Yeah, no, Angie Bonfincero is a device, as right. we know. No, you're exactly right. She's sitting at lunch with Tony Soprano and Reed, not Richie, and, and Rosalie April. And, you know, and they're going to make us care about her by giving her cancer. A lump. Maybe. Cancer. Almost. Not yeah. even cancer. The, well, the I think, I think also we're, please. I think also we're supposed to think about it. And the show does a little bit of table setting on this later when Carm and Janice have a talk about what it's like to be married to a mobster. Right. You know, I think we're supposed to have some sympathy for her for that as well. That like, this is not an easy, an easy life for a woman to be married to one of these psychopaths who mm-hmm. has all these secrets and always has a mistress. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, during the Bocelli song, uh, they're, they're all crying Rosalie's crying about her dead husband, and Angie's and crying about her shitty let husband. Let me let me also say this: this ep- this song uh, has shown up in every episode so far in the season. The Bocelli song? Yes. No. Every yes. Is that a fact? Fact. Or is go that... back. No, seriously. Okay. Huh. Every single episode so far, it's either playing in the background. Uh, it's at the cookout or whatever, but it is in every single episode. Go back and listen. Interesting. It's fucking annoying. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, let's do something. <laughs> uh, it plays three times during this episode alone. It plays at the lunch, and then Karma's listening to it later, and then it plays over the end credits. Um, before some hot Italian rock and roll rap music plays. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm. Uh, Terrible. Yeah, whatever that, that somebody was the music supervisor was like, oh, we need some real Italian rap and rock, and they found yeah. some real shit. Um, mm. but it, better or worse than the band from that one episode? Better oh. than <laughs> Training Day or whatever it was. Pack leaving. What was it? I don't Visiting day. Visiting day. day. I don't think so. I disagree. I just want to erase myself. <laughs> and you're not gay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Defiler. Defiler. Okay. Right. So, so, yeah. so let's get so through then, this goddamn storyline. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, part of the, the idea of the podcast is we talk about it a little bit. That's the, <laughs> uh, so then Janice and Carm, next on the storyline, Janice and Carm talk about the Madonna and whore dichotomy and, again, about all the expectations of being a mob wife and how that's a bunch of bullshit. And Janice really has Carm on the hook here. And then Janice says that uh, – <laughs> that uh, uh, not Richie April. Uh, Jackie. Jack, no, wait. No, yes, Richie. Aprile. It is Richie. It is Richie. I've been, and we've been saying Richie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jackie, Jackie April's wife. Yeah. I do this all the time. It's so okay. bad. Um, we're not even done with the April cast of characters yet in the show. There's still more Aprils for us to meet. Uh, uh, oh, hell yeah. But anyway, uh, so that, that cracks karma up. She's like, oh, you really had me going there for a minute, but you are full of bullshit. And Richie April is is not an evolved man or whatever it was. 
Um, yeah. Janice is like the epitome of a white, a woke white woman. Like she just mm-hmm. like, she gets it on a level, but can't seem to actually like apply it to herself. So she's like, oh yeah, like feminism, like women can be like complex and multidimensional and like men shouldn't like look at us as the Madonna and the whore or whatever, um, or whatever. And then she also, like, is extremely judgmental of Carmela, which is also, like, that's not okay. Like, you don't get to just walk around and be, berate other women's choices because you think you're doing it, you know, you, you think you're morally superior. Definitely. Love that feedback. Thanks. So, I think the reason why you're so upset with it, with... um with Janice is that she's a soprano and she's not actually like, like this fun hippie lady out in, in the state of Washington or Seattle or whatever. No, I think I get what Rachel is saying. I, I, I really what think the she is like, what does that mean, Ben? That's why I'm upset about it. Explain. No, no, no. I'm not talking about anything that you're feeling, but I'm talking about like the, the deficit of, of Janice, the character. she, She's oh. not actually like a good person. She's actually a shitty person. But she's I, a soprano. I think she's both of those things. She's a soprano and she's a she's I mean, all of the little white hippies out on the West Coast mm-hmm. came from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so what I'm what I'm picking up is she is like like I'm sure she can be both, but if she's more one than the other, then she's definitely more soprano. Then she is like happy go lucky hippie on the West Coast, and that this. I think you're right, and I think we're starting to see the balance, like it tip a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah, that that certainly makes sense. Yeah, at the end of the day, all her white lady feminism aside, Janice is still a soprano. Um, cool. She's still part of the family. Yes. So then continuing on the, the uh, storyline here, um, I, I guess worth, worth maybe taking a break to – do we want to go ahead and talk about the pussy storyline a little yeah. bit here as it intersects with yeah. Angie's? Um, so pussy, ran, uh, pussy is with his FBI handler towards the beginning of the episode. Walking around he runs a fucking in, store. Why? Right. Uh, they're at a party supply store. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he gets recognized. Um, I knew that was gonna happen the second I fucking saw them. I'm like, oh, this he, he of course he's gonna run into somebody, right? Uh, and it's this really douchey Elvis impersonator guy, um, and um, from Dover, from uh, yeah, uh, uh, Pussy introduces him as a as a friend of ours from Dover, uh, oh, and if yeah. you know the rules, the rules of the mafia are. When you introduce somebody else who's also in the mafia, you introduce them as a friend of ours. Um, anyone that you're going to do business with has to be introduced by another made man. Um, so that's pussy doing the traditional mafia introduction of these guys, introducing them as friends of ours. Um, just a cool little factoid there. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, great. Right. And, and so, and so Tony, uh, to- not Tony. God damn it, pussy misinterprets jimmy like giving him lip about it as being suspicious whereas jimmy jimmy is like oh oh this is a guy from dover delaware i don't know anybody from there and now i know yeah right 
he's kind of breaking balls a little bit. He's yeah. breaking pussy's balls a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. That's not uh, how pussy takes it. <laughs> no, it's not how he takes it at all. Um, so, um, pussy's mind is very, very focused on the fact that he might be outed uh, by this Elvis impersonator, Jimmy. Is it Jimmy or Johnny or something? Yeah, something. Uh, they're all Jimmy's or Johnny's or Joey Michael's or, or Tony's. Um, uh, and, and so he, we see him having a nightmare about it. Um, and then uh, Angie gets the results from her biopsy and they came back <laughs> negative. And uh, she tells Pussy that and Pussy is just like, oh, great, cool. And just gets his keys and leaves. He's like worried about his belt and shit and just does not give a fuck about her cancer scare. So this is where I wanted to talk briefly about what it's like to have a cancer scare because it fucking sucks. And the fact that pussy acts like this is insane. So a few years ago, my wife had a cancer scare and we had to go to like an oncologist and everything to have all these tests done. And it's really fucking scary. Um, And one of the things I wanted to talk about is this moment sticks out in my brain more than anything else. It's like the reason why one of the reasons why we have got to get rid of our current healthcare system uh, is that when we went to this oncologist appointment before we could go meet with the oncologist, we had to meet with a financial aid advisor person um, to talk about if this is cancer, how are you going to pay for these treatments? What? Um, These are the options that might be available to you. If you have cancer, um, you can always do a GoFundMe uh, and all this stuff. And like, uh, it's seriously f- fucking like the, I mean, a huge thing that you think about through this whole process is like on top of like what it's like to imagine your loved one with this might have cancer, which rarely ends well, is how the fuck are we going to pay for this? Yeah. Um, and that experience is so fucking mind-blowing and just awful um, that, like, I can't imagine, uh, even though I'm not always a good husband, I can't imagine uh, acting like, like pussy acts. And I, I guess that's part of the point, right, is it's so unimaginably cruel to just be that uninterested. I can't um, wait to get myself cancer by uh, <laughs> by here in a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Go go ahead, get yourself cancered. I'm gonna get myself canceled. Sorry, I'm I've been drinking. Uh, <laughs> so, no, you're right. Um, and, and and I think that explains pussy's like ex- like hyperfixation on his status as an informant with the FBI. Like he doesn't care. He literally doesn't care about anything, anything except for not being killed by the FBI. And and so like wife doesn't have cancer. Cool. Wife has cancer. Okay. I know this. There's a murderous golem around the corner who wants to kill me, who shows up at my house from time to time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, I think that, that part of Pussy's problem here is that he's un, uh, he's not willing to have this conversation with Angie about like, look, I'm in some shit, and I and I appreciate you being vulnerable with me about you being in some shit. 
Um, but here's the shit that I'm in and I need you to keep this quiet and we might need to get the fuck out of here. Uh, and he doesn't do that. And that's, that's pussy's problem. And that's going to get, um, that's going to get him killed. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that rings true. I think also he just takes her for granted. Uh, and we see this so much with the men in the show that take mm-hmm. their wives for granted and other women in the show for granted that like, he just always, she's always going to be there for him. And I guess that's part of the Catholic thing of a marriage is like, and Carm keeps, you know, harping on it throughout the episode. It's like a marriage is supposed to be forever. Uh, and so he just takes that completely for granted and he's not putting the work in. He's not doing, he's not doing the things he need to do to be a good supportive spouse uh, or just like a good supportive person. Uh, right. It seems like her friends care more about her possibly having cancer than her own mm-hmm. husband does, which is fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's abominable. Um, so, um, uh, it, anyway, so to wrap, I should, I should say my wife is fine. Uh, the tests came back negative. Everything was good. And, uh, we breathed a big sigh of relief. Uh, but yeah, that is a terrible, awful time. And I can't like to, to leave your wife to go through that on her own, basically, uh, is, is, uh, horrendous. Very cruel. Um, Very cruel. Yes. And shout out for not having cancer. And <laughs> shout, shout out, out shout out to shout my out wife to for not having cancer. Shout out to for putting up with John. Yeah. Yes. Big big ups. <laughs> uh shout out to my wife. My wife. Um so to, uh what the show wants us to believe is that Pussy is just so distracted because what he's on the way to do is to go kill the Elvis guy by beating his fucking brains out with a hammer, which Ways to go, being beaten to death with a hammer, very low on my list. That looked particularly awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least he got yeah. it done within the course of, like, a morning, you know? Yeah. I guess. As opposed to, like, what, like, slowly bleeding him out? Yeah, you know, it, it could be cancer, like, dying of cancer. Oh, sh- sure. Sure. Um, and then, then he does the mother of all fuck-ups. Uh, he goes and gets like a dozen long sim roses and brings them to Angie, and she beats the shit out of him too and it scratches his face. Too late, buddy. Yeah, yeah, too late. And um, Angie has Angie already spoken with Carm, or is that next? That's next. That's next. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, then Carm comes over to lecture Angie about you. Basically, you got to stay with him. Yeah, this shit sucked ass, and it felt really shitty, especially like. Yep. You know, you just got upset because Janice was telling you how to live your fucking life. Like, maybe don't do it to your fucking friend. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, yeah, it was just awful. It was really hard to watch that. Just, you're mm-hmm. watching your friend in this horribly toxic, unloving relationship. And she wants to get out of it. And you're like, no. And, like, your kids are fucking grown, dude. Like, yeah, fucking get out of there. Fucking go yeah. off. I'm proud of her. Right? Uh, and Carm is like, your your youngest son is a sophomore in college. Aren't you worried about... Yeah, Shut who up. cares? He's a <laughs> sophomore in college. Fine. Shut up. Don't you think he was waiting for you? My parents got divorced when I was a freshman in college. 
And yeah, it was sad or whatever, but like not nearly as bad as when you're like five or seven or whatever, like younger and impressionable. The sweet spot is like two or three. My parents got divorced when I was three and I don't remember shit. It was awesome. Shout out to Rachel's parents. Shout out to my parents for this one good thing they did. There's a lot of bad moves elsewhere, but that's fine. Uh... So yeah, Calm uh, comes over to and and I think the the takeaway that we're supposed to get from this really is that like, Carm is worried that she might turn into Andy. Yes, for sure. For sure, because then we get to the can we can we get to the final yeah, let's scene? Let's do it. This was fucking Alice, great. So so if you'll recall, the whole conversation about how Angie like hates pussy uh, comes up at lunch because she says when he showed back up at the house and I heard him open the door and I heard his voice. I felt like I wanted to vomit. And the last moment of this episode, Tony comes back from the airport and he walks in the door and you see Carm and he walks in and he says, Hey, I'm home. And you see Carm's reaction. And it's a little, I don't know. It's vague. It's good. It was great acting. Um, it was very good. And, and then, yeah, cut to credits. And then you wonder, was she how, was she feeling nauseous as well? Maybe mm-hmm. she was feeling a little queasy. Was Carm about to vomit is what I wrote on my notes. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Do you think Carm... So wait, what do you think? Do you think that she was feeling sick? I don't know that she was necessarily feeling sick as right. about to vomit. But I think the everything with Angie's going through her head in that yeah. moment... And she's, I think she's feeling that a little bit in that moment of like, fuck, what did I do? Yeah. Ben, what do you think? For sure. I, I think Thanks, she, you know, she, spent the whole, she spent the whole episode, um, you know, projecting. You just got, hold on, you just got cold called on. <laughs> <laughs> and you covered for it very well. Uh, this is what I did for three years. So, anytime no. I start talking, Ben picks up his phone. <laughs> wow. To go on Twitter and talk about podcast discourse. It's unfucking real. Wow. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I also wanted to just uh, text my mom. I don't know. Um, Likely. Let he who hath not tweeted during the podcast recording hurl the first stone. Exactly. Rachel, I know that's not you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. could it be me? You just picked up your phone. Because <laughs> I'm checking. Okay. I'm pretty if sure I, I if I texted my mom? Oh, okay. I'm checking um, to see if I tweeted. and I'm okay. Oh, not during this one, but you've definitely done it before. Oh, yeah, all the time. Right. Thanks, Sean, for backing me up, dude. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Hashtag I'm the only good rock. one. Okay. Hashtag dude's um, movement. So anyway, no, I've shared multiple stories about what a horrible person I am that are getting cut out of this episode. So and yeah, but yeah, I'm the only there. good one. <laughs> so, so yeah, she definitely did want to hurl, and um, <laughs> you know, I, I I don't think that there's any other read. I mean, she spent the entire episode trying to figure out any like whether there was any daylight between Pussy and Tony, uh, and was completely unable to find any. Uh, and realized, you know, how horribly uh, Angie was feeling, and she realized she didn't have any 
didn't have much distinction between her and uh, between her and Angie. And so here's where, to me, Carm becomes the perfect um, you know, suburban white Democrat lady, where she realizes that there's a problem, um, can talk about problems existing and maybe how they affect her, but she's too afraid to actually do anything uh, yeah. that might make her uncomfortable or uh, fuck up her bag or whatever. Um, yeah. It's definitely a big part of it is fuck up her bag. I'm glad that yeah. you said that. Yeah, that's my, uh, that's my read on Carm. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you shared with us. And Okay. And was paying so, attention? <laughs> and was paying attention. <laughs> uh, no AJ this episode, no Melfi this episode. Boo. No Olivia this episode. No Olivia this episode. Only a little bit of Janice. Uh, all right, so that rounds up our episode recap and brief discussion. Let's do our segments. Uh, what do you want in your mouth? Put it in my mouth. She said, put it in her mouth. I mean, her, yeah. her, her motherfucking mouth. Okay, I want uh, that entire lunch that uh, Annalisa and Tony had by the uh, oh my god those shrimps look nasty uh but i wrote here. down fuck the seaside lunch dude the seaside lunch was the best meal in the episode hell yeah put that in my face there's or, a lot of food in the episode or i'll let you have that one john i also wanted that uh really good looking espresso that uh paulie had at that cafe mm-hmm. that, that looked the, good. the rude cafe mm-hmm Rachel, what did you want in your mouth? Uh, I wanted a damn cigarette. Oh. I wanted Annalisa to smoke a cigarette. With, and blow it out in your face? Yeah. I wanted her to shotgun that cigarette smoke into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been Rachel's Key Corner. Nah, 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 come on. Mm, harder. Uh, mm. Dude, I do want her to top me, though. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> you right. You right. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, that's. Oh, so she is a woman boss, so I'm sure she. Oh, I know. Be up to the task. Hmm. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> on that note, who's horny? Getting horny now. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, put your hand down. Jesus, rude. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Listen, y'all. Quarantine's been real. <laughs> you just went to the beach for a week. I. Does that mean anything? You got to get it in where you can fit it in. Did you no, not? Was... What? Uh, well, then quit complaining, you prude. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. I'm not just going to go fuck someone at the beach. I mean, not at the beach proper. It's sandy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So in the episode, who was horniest? I thought Tony was the horniest for Annalisa. Hell yeah, dude. Because I think unrequited horniness is hornier than requited horniness. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, otherwise, I think Polly's pretty horny. Like, he's talking about 
looking at all the girls on the flight and being like, there's no ugly girls in Italy. But then he gets, he fucks an Italian girl. So I feel like that makes him less horny than Tony, whose horniness is unresolved. I think Annalise is pretty horny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Rachel, I agree with you. I think Annalisa was hornier than Tony. Yeah. So, I'm, mm, so he tries to come on to her after the dinner, and she brushes him off. I, this is... Not I'm, the first dinner, the second dinner, where they're drinking digestif. Right. And her son, he's like, she's like, I gotta yeah. go put my son to bed, bye. And he's like, he's like touching her. He's like kind of petting her leg or something a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, well. This is a, a real serious discussion. We got to make sure we get this one right, you guys. No, no I, I'm just kidding. I, uh, I think, um, I think Annalisa more than Tony for sure. Well, maybe okay. that, maybe that rejection is why. I don't know. She might have been playing hard to get, and then she fumbled. She fumbled it because then he was like, "No." Nah. All right. Well, I'll take the L on that one then. Um, <laughs> I still think it's Tony, but whatever. <laughs> who do you opinion based? No, it's factual. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I think you you're no, no, no. I think you're right. I think he wanted her toenail clippings in the mouth. Hell yeah, baby. Oh, no. I hate that. I hate that so much. Oh, speaking of wanting to vomit, uh, who do you guys stand this episode? Julie, yours, the biggest fan. This is Stan. Rachel? Angie, baby. God damn it. I, I'm sorry. I think Angie's fucking awesome. She fucking rocked my world this up. And really for the first time because I've never seen her before. Sorry, Speak John. No, that's oh, okay. Well, I've already said a lot. I mean, I think, like, the fact that she's just basically... What I loved is, like, Carmela specifically is, like, well, you know, in the church, you can't get divorced, which, as we know, is why Protestantism exists. And mm-hmm. uh, she's just basically, like, if God fucking... Or tell the Pope to live with my husband. Like, yeah, yeah. that's and a good I'm, line. It's so good. And I'm like, yeah, fucking go off, queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Ben, uh, ben who do you stand? I stand Annalisa. God damn it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> she was magnificent. Um, you know, she is... Hashtag girl boss. You know, she is unassuming. She is pretty humble. She doesn't flaunt her, um, uh, you know, her status or her power or anything like that, as best as I understood. Uh, basically, you know, I, I think I've staked this out in earlier episodes, but uh, season two is fuck Tony for Ben. And, uh, you know, I think Annalise uh, was the exact opposite of Tony in every single, like the complete foil to Tony. Mm. Um, you know, she cared about her elderly family. She, you know, stayed close to home. Um, she was very loyal to everyone. Uh, she handled her business on the low. Um, she didn't have to make a big deal about everything. She wasn't demanding respect over everything. Um, so I, I stand Annalisa for sure. A good pick. John. Uh, so those were my ones and twos for stands. So I'm left with uh, the only man left to stand. Polly friggin' Walnuts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Commendator. Uh, Polly's a total king in this episode. 
Yeah. Um, he's like, I'm going to call people commandatory and be an ignorant American and just not give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony keeps chiding him for acting like a child, <laughs> which so he good. kind of is. Uh, but it's great. Like when you go abroad, you can have a little sense of like childlike wonderment or whatever at these Hell yeah. surroundings. You should. Um, and if you don't, yeah. if if you act like you've been there before, then you're an asshole. Just have a good time. You're someone yeah. new. Absolutely. And that's what he's doing. He's trying to make friends. He's trying to get in touch with his homeland. Uh, and uh, I don't know that he has a lot of success in that, but um, you know, He's not an asshole to anybody. He tries to be nice and talk to the, yeah. the sex worker uh, and connect with her. And, you know, she's just there to do a job, I guess. So maybe a miss on that one. But, um, yeah, so I'll... Uh, well, no, they make a connection. Choice. They're from the same homeland. She don't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck. Right. But I, was, I was waiting for Tony to drag that conversation out further and realize that he just fucked his, like, distant cousin or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. That would be a very poly thing to have. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you mean your name's Galtieri? My name's Galtieri! Oh no! <laughs> Maron! That's some George Costanza oh, yeah, shit right there. <laughs> Alright, so uh, the dialectic. Oh, okay. Here's the dialectic. Yes, um, basically, hurts. what we do is uh, we talk about uh, something we like, something we don't like, and then something that we love. That's the the thesis, the antithesis, and the synthesis. Uh, that's not how dialectics work, but uh, you should definitely read up on them. John has some literature that he keeps plugging every week, so... He relies on the Soviet tradition of dialectical materialism, and especially on Friedrich Engels' manuscript, posthumously gathered under the title Dialectic of Nature. This is the bête noire. For Western Marxists, the lowest you can go. Uh, I recommend that you follow up with at Johnny Awful on Twitter, DM him at all hours of the night. He is awake. He has a sleeping disorder. So, I John, <laughs> I have insomnia and it's been exacerbated so bad by fucking coronavirus. So most nights I am not asleep. I'm not sleeping at night. It's very bad. DM uh, this DM dude me. and ask him about dialectics. John, I'm why don't we start with you? I'm sleep deprived right now. I slept yeah, like four with... hours this week. Oh, honey. Um, <laughs> God damn it. I nap a lot. I, that's so... Um, okay. I'm not a player. I <laughs> so, just nap. Uh, I ain't a player. I just fucking lie. <laughs> Thank you for the assist uh, on that one, Ben. Yeah, you know what? I will go first since you both took my stands. Mm-hmm. Um uh, thesis, uh, something that I like this episode. I like that we get to see the entirety of one of the criminal enterprises from like mm. the ground level of stealing the car yeah. to Tony, who's going to take the car and ship it to Europe, to the people in Europe who are going to take the car and then sell it in Eastern Europe, um, which Tony's talking about like after all the aid money came over after the fall of the Soviet Union, they've got money to buy Mercedes and stuff. That was a cool way because the this the episode is very much not about selling stolen cars, right? Um, but you have all that playing in the background, and I thought it was a cool narrative device to sort of see the whole, see how the sausage is made a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my antithesis, something that I hated, I hated Carm's lecture to Angie about stay with your husband. Uh, the church wants it um, for all the reasons we've already discussed. It's very gross. Um, uh, and 
And yeah, if you're in a shitty marriage, uh, get out of it. Uh, God forgives you. And I forgive you. <laughs> try to fix it. Uh, but then, uh, no, it, it's not worth try. it. No. Rachel, what do you suggest? A marriage should always just work, right? And if it doesn't just work, just walk away from it. This is my... Uh, no, a, a marriage is work, and it does, and it does require therapy, work. Go to therapy, motherfuckers. Yeah. Go to therapy, therapy, go to counseling. Or if you're my mom, tell my dad that he has to go to therapy, and then you just don't show up. No. She ghosted him at a therapy appointment? She, she set up couples therapy for them, and they went a couple times, and then the therapist was like, I want to see you both individually, and she was like, well, I don't have to go. <laughs> um... That See, that's that's not <laughs> how to fix a marriage if you want to fix one. Um, well, to be fair to her, it wasn't fixable. I don't think at that point. Uh, but no, I am I am just joking. Uh, if you love somebody, it does take you work. You do need to work on it. Um, but it does reach a point to where somebody is so callous and uncaring towards you as Pussy is towards his towards Angie. It's time to leave. Yeah. Um, if he literally didn't care whether she was living or dying, um, so it's time to go. And anyone who tries to tell you otherwise, once you've made up your mind, just fuck them. Like they're not in your life anymore. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah. So fuck Carm this episode for doing that. Um, and then the synthesis, uh, I was hoping that I would have one of my two stands so I didn't have to do this. But the thing that I loved in this episode was I love Polly's big adventure in Italy. Um, <laughs> I love that he is he's trying to make friends. Uh he's enjoying uh cappuccino and uh mm-hmm. uh some sex work and some plums. Um not enjoying clams, not enjoying toilets. But you know what? You do the best that you can do and uh even if Polly didn't actually have a good time, we see him in the car and he remembers that he had a good time. That's right. So um, that's, uh, and, uh, and that's what matters. That's so, what counts, yeah. uh, all right. So that's my, uh, dialectic for this week. <laughs> all right, Ben, what was yours? So I'm going to, I'm going to follow up on, uh, what John was just talking about with regard to Polly. Uh, one of the things that I liked or what I liked about this episode was, uh, showing like how real these traveling feelings that you're, these feelings that you have while you're traveling, um, how, how well they're depicted. I talked about earlier how, uh, how Tony was having that really horrible conversation with uh, Carm, the obligatory telephone call. But also um, one thing that I recommend, if you've got the means, if you've got the ability to do this, uh, is to travel alone uh, to another country, do it by yourself. And if that means breaking away from whatever group you go with for a day, then do it. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have that experience and, and be alone somewhere in a foreign country where I don't speak the language uh, and, and I felt the experiences that, that Pauly, or you know, I felt the feelings that Pauly seems to have, which is, you know, like having a hard time ingratiating yourself with, uh, with locals or making connections with people and how difficult and alienating it can be. And I think the show did a pretty good job of uh, expressing that. Uh, something that I didn't like, uh, which is also not news, I've already talked about this already, is the gratuitous uh, N-bomb. Uh, and the assumption that like only uh, you know black people can commit violent crime in this case armed carjacking uh, once again uh, you know just further 
uh, on its face racism from our friend, Mr. David Chase doesn't help. Not cool. Um, but whatever, something that I, I, so sorry, let me just say, even though David Chase puts the shot in of the little girl gasping at her dad, dropping a hard R still not okay. Didn't do enough to offset the gratuitous use, uh, completely unnecessary to drive the plot. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and very unnecessary. So I just, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Ben. I just wanted to make sure to throw that in, like, in case the listeners were maybe uh, thinking, like, oh, but doesn't it show that? No, that doesn't work. That wasn't mm-hmm. enough. No. Um, anyway, yes. And it, it, uh, that was brain poisoning for me for the, the episode as well. Very good. So the, the thing that I loved about this episode was um, – was the valiant attempt actually that David Chase uh, took at, at trying to juxtapose American uh, <clears throat> excess or American uh, mafia organized crime life versus um, versus La Cosa uh, Nostra? Yeah, and it, it, you know, to me, I, I sort of picked up on you know, I guess I've had the the benefit of looking at. Um, at other works and other artists, the way that they've traveled to their perceived homelands and, um, and benefited greatly from it. I'm, I'm thinking specifically about Kendrick Lamar's trip to Africa in the course of recording to pimp a butterfly and the, uh, the benefit that, that, that perception of, um, of Africa allowed him to, to enhance what came with to pimp a butterfly and specifically the song, the track how much a dollar cost which i think is a, a magnificent piece of work but um I it, it, you saying that makes me think of malcolm x's Hajj and his trip to um to the pilgrimage mm-hmm. and uh, how how transformative that was for him and how it changed mm-hmm. his his outlook and his writings and his work when he, yeah. when he returned to the united states mm-hmm. and and so like you know a lot of a lot of a lot of the issues that I see in, in art is like how profound these experiences can be for, for people, for artists uh, and, and people, not just artists. Uh, and here you get a car full of, of people on their way back from the airport who just seem dejected after this trip to the motherland of Italy, where they literally have no connection to it. They, they operate completely differently and think, whatever the fuck they're doing back in Italy is so backward and wrong. I, I really, I, I thought that that was extremely interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, the fact that David Chase was willing to write an episode where, um, where these, these people thought they were going to have this like massive transformative experiences and, you know, this existential revelation just fell flat I, that's the first time I've ever seen that. I thought that that was very well done. Yeah, agreed. Good one. Well, Rachel's turn. What's up, Rachel? You know, well, you your, came to the to the uh, last and dumbest part, which is our own <laughs> our, our own woman boss. A fucking woman boss. Oh God. Uh, listen, I, y'all gave some good ass answers and mine are not going to be that good as we, <laughs> um, one thing I like, because they're different doesn't mean they're bad. Thank you. And I, I would say that it's the simple things in life that really make 
life worth living. So my first thing <laughs> is what I liked, which I had never thought about before, but I really like <laughs> the placement of the Sopranos stove in their kitchen. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I think you are. <laughs> I think you actually may be laughing at me. So, because let me I'm tell not. you. So, first of all, I love architecture and I love interior design. And I have dreams of one day building my own dream kitchen because I watch a lot of House Hunters. And that fucking stove is great because you want, I'm like at my stove all the time, but it just faces a wall. And I was like, how transformative would it be if I could like be at my stove and then like see the rest of what's going on in my house? I love it. So I wrote that down uh, in my little inspiration notes for when I have my own house, which will be when I am 50 and my dad dies. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the island, is that? Yeah, it's like a little yeah. island, but it's like a weird little. It's it's kind of like an extended like island. Yeah, it's a yeah. bar. I don't know. I don't know how I would do it, but I liked the idea of facing other people. Yes. Ben. So that way, when you see people roll up on you while you're making your uh, your yeah. food, uh, so you see people come in, you can shoot them in the face with your big ass gun. That's right. Very cool. Yeah. Is that but, why whenever you go out to restaurants, you always make sure you take the seat that faces the front? Right. That is why I personally always do that. Rachel yeah. always has her back to a wall mm-hmm. so no one can get up on her. That's true. Um, okay, the thing that I didn't like was that whoever the costume designer was kept putting uh, Annalisa in heels in these ridiculous... John. <laughs> no, I'm laughing at the cat. Oh, yeah, the cat is very good. Um... But, like, she's walking on, like, cobblestone steps and dirt in these, like, stiletto heels, and that's very difficult, and I don't care for that, because I think that she would have worn different shoes. Um, Annalisa is that good. Isn't Italy, like, the home of those kinds of shoes, though? Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, but when you're walking, like, I don't know. I, Ben, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm rocking stilettos, so. Okay. I don't know. I, it just felt silly to me. I didn't like it. I wouldn't do no, it. And I disagree with the costuming choice. Anyway, the thing that I loved about this episode is Polly and Tony's relationship <laughs> where Tony is like the, the little party pooper to, to Polly's, you know, wild time in Italy. I kind of wish... At the beginning of the episode, when I see these fools, like, walking out of the cab or whatever, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, it's about to be the three amigos in Italy. But it mm-hmm. really, like, they all have their separate little things mm-hmm. going on. So right. I, yeah. I, yeah. So I at least appreciated getting to see Tony and Polly's relationship a little bit more. I think they're very cute. Yeah. I love Polly. Like, I love Polly. for all the wrong reasons, I love Polly. <laughs> yeah. He's great. So that's it. Very good. Well, that, what's the next episode called, John? God damn it. I was going to fill for a little bit and then say that. Um, it wouldn't be an episode of Gabagool and Roses unless I forgot to look at the title of the next episode. Is it called Big Girls Don't Call? Is, Don't Cry? Thank you, Ben. Which, of course, is Big Girls Don't Cry. The uh, best which, Fergie song. 
Yeah, actually, I, I like London Bridge. Is London Bridge a Fergie song? Yeah, no, I it's don't. A Fergie think song. Big, yeah, London Bridge is great. I don't think that's her best song, but. Mm-hmm. Big girls don't grind. Let's rank them. The Number one. Milk Fuck. money. <laughs> Ooh, milk money is good. Number two. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Fergalicious. Number three. We could put London Bridge at number three. London Bridge. All right. Top three. You didn't think you were getting that one, listeners. You're welcome. Top three, Fergie. Well, now now I have to play Fergie as the outro. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. That's fine. I don't have any other ideas for this one. Oh, except for that Botticelli the oh, song. Oh, God, no. Do no. not. No. no. I'm so fucking tired <laughs> no. of it. So, all right. It'll definitely be a Fergie so, song. So when should we go to Italy and record a podcast? Uh, tomorrow. Okay. I'm trying to go to Italy for real. I go to Italy for real, for real. My family's from there. My dad's family's from Sicily. <gasps> I don't think I've said this on the podcast. So I don't think I've said this what? on the podcast because my my dad's family has never been really close to our the when we grow grew up. Um, but my dad's great grandfather was. He says in the mafia. <laughs> was a Sicilian mafioso in New York wow. City. Holy shit. Um, He's our friend. This is our friend from uh, Sicily. Our friend from over there. Yeah. Uh, no, he's dead. <laughs> he's very dead. Um, anyway. Well, uh, hey, so look. The Bordineros uh, literally means a uh, person who drives donkey. That was our last name, Bordinero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's literally Teamster. Wow! <laughs> it's like teamster. literally Teamster, uh, my dad's family's. Holy side. shit! I can't believe we're just now learning about this. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't like. I'm not very Italian. I didn't grow up Catholic. We ate ragu and prego or whatever. Like my mom is not Italian. Sure. Like, yeah. So yeah, but you meet you. Uh, you got that whole move in silence, like. Uh, G like lasagna. lasagna. Real cheese moving sounds like lasagna. Yeah, you got that down pat. So uh, that's cool. But Shout hey, um, little wheezy. So uh, last bit that we haven't done yet in these episodes. Yeah. After I watched this episode, I was like, okay, I'll watch the next one. Oh, that's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even though you didn't go. really like this episode, you know, the more I talked about it, I think the more I convinced myself that. It was a good time. I'm glad that you think that you did all of that work on your own. Like John and I weren't over here like, hey, maybe relax on the way that you expect things from the plot and character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you convinced yourself. like It was me. I came yeah. around. Yeah. I so, came around. I came around. I came around. Is that Murder by Death? Yeah. Nice. That's like one of my favorite bands. Cool. Okay. Uh, I, Maybe that'll be the outro. No, it has to be Fergie. <laughs> going to be Fergie. Uh, I oh, love God. that band, though. I saw that band. Uh, I don't want to say like I saw them way back when, but I saw them way the fuck back when, and I have assigned one of the first vinyl records I ever bought was their record, and they signed it uh, at a music festival in my town in Bumfuck, Kentucky, my hometown. Yeah. Shout out to Murder by Death. Shout out to Murder by Big shouts out to Murder by Death. Um, I know they're listening. Big shouts out to Somerset, Kentucky. That's my set. That's my crew. That's where I'm from. 
Uh, yeah, you're okay. straight doxing yourself today. What else do you I want know. To I'm going to put all this shit out. Um, <laughs> I'm sleep deprived, y'all. Anyway. He's vulnerable. What can we get oh out of him? God. Oh, my God. No, I'm trying to go watch this Epstein show. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. It's past 830. Okay. Uh, very good episode recording today. Good job, everybody. Um, and, uh, you, next week. Dad. <laughs> I'm your podcast dad. Uh, I've been your podcast dad. Uh, this podcast has been daddy. another. I'm not comfortable with any of this. Um, <laughs> this has been another episode of Gabagool and Roses. Until next time, please wash your hands, take your meds, go to therapy, and organize for the revolution. We love you. Love you. Love you. Okay. you change your Twitter name to Podcast Zaddy. Podcast Zaddy? With a Z? Okay. Money. Heard you in the mood for a little milkshake. Welcome to the Dairy Duchess Love Factory. I could whip it up, fix you up straight away. Come on in the front door, leave it at the back door, whip it, flip it, hey. So if you are, no, don't say that. No, yeah, really. <laughs> I don't know if I. I'm up I think for I anything, it. listeners. Whoa. DM, DM me, and I will decide whether.
What you are chaste mean? enough. This is ter- <laughs> terribly patriarchal. Ben is the gatekeeper school. of my chastity. Um, <laughs> so far, I've done very You well. are way late, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say anything. And I'll just say that Nary, have any of y'all gotten DMs from listeners? No. No. Okay, listeners, come on. <laughs> I'm, I am reaching out. I want to talk to you in my DMs about normal things. Not anything gross. Just the Sopranos and or how funny I am. <laughs> 